The following podcast is based on the Cambridge A-Level History Curriculum. Greetings podcast listeners. In this episode, as an overview to the topic of Hitler's Germany, we'll be looking at a question from a past paper. This question is, how far had the Nazis created a totalitarian state in Germany by 1941? I'll begin with the introduction in which I will aim to give my stance, define the key terms of the question, and then present a preview of my essay by listing some of the arguments I am going to use. For the purpose of this overview, I'll be going over a few more points than are necessary to answer in the exam. The Nazis had created a totalitarian state in Germany by 1941 to a large extent. By 1941, the Nazi German government was centralised, with Hitler in a dictatorial position and the Nazis having one-party control over government and wider society. Hitler was able to achieve this by implementing one-party rule, repressing opposition with legislature and violence, removing those who did not align with the ideology of the Nazi party, and using propaganda to indoctrinate citizens, although he faced challenges of opposition from within society and the church. Let's go over a few supportive arguments. Firstly, Hitler was able to end party politics and establish and sustain a one-party rule. He achieved this through legislature as he banned the communist and socialist parties in 1933. This allowed him to suppress his key political opponents, who also did not align with the anti-communist beliefs of the Nazi party. Hitler also introduced the law against the formation of new parties in 1933. This established a one-party state led by the Nazi party, meaning their position was unchallengeable by other political parties and the issue of a party politics had been resolved. Furthermore, Hitler brought in the 1934 law for the reconstruction of the state. This meant that all sovereign powers were transferred to the Reich. Finally, the day before Hindenburg's death, Hitler introduced the law concerning the highest state office of the Reich. This meant that upon Hindenburg's death, the offices of president and chancellor would be merged, forming the role of Führer for Hitler. This effectively ended democracy in Germany, as Hitler became head of government and head of state. Secondly, Hitler was able to establish a totalitarian state by repressing opposition through the use of terror to a large extent. He ordered the Nazis paramilitary, the Sturmabteilung, to intimidate voters and the general population to vote for the Nazis, and in the end, the Nazi party was overwhelmingly supported in terms of votes. Hitler also used the SA to intimidate politicians. As a result, the vast majority of politicians voted in support of the Enabling Act of 1933, which gave Hitler the powers to make and enforce laws without the involvement of the Reichstag or Weimar president Paul von Hindenburg meaning he was unchallengeable and in the superior leading position. In 1934, Hitler removed opposition from within the Nazi party itself. This was achieved through the Night of the Long Knives, in which chief of the Sturmabteilung, Ernst Röhm, and at least 84 other SA leaders and people of political opposition to Hitler were executed. Finally, Hitler used secret police as a form of terror to discourage and remove opposition. The Gestapo were responsible for tapping into phone lines and intercepting mail in order to identify opposition. Through these various actions, Hitler was able to gain control over the government. The Night of the Long Knives enabled him to have unopposed control over the Nazi party, whilst the Gestapo ensured cooperation among the people of Germany by arresting those who opposed the Nazis. Thirdly, the Nazis aimed to and achieved their aims of removing undesirables who did not align with Nazi ideology through violence and repression. The Nazis repressed Jews and other racial minorities they deemed to be subhuman. 
The First Nuremberg Law of September 1935 deprived Jews of German citizenship and introduced the use of medical examination to identify those who were non-Aryan. The Second Nuremberg Law, Blutschutzgesetz, the Blood Protection Law, meant that marriage or sexual relations between Jews and citizens of German or kindred blood was forbidden. This was due to the fact that the Nazis wished to pursue their policy of a racially pure Aryan race. The Nazis also persecuted and repressed disabled people. In July 1933, the new law for the prevention of hereditarily diseased offspring meant that any disabled person could be sterilized according to the hereditary health court. This allowed Hitler to pursue his policy of racially purifying Germany. Moreover, a special unit of Nazi doctors was established under Action T4 to kill disabled children. This is because Hitler saw the disabled as an expensive drain on the economy. Finally, Hitler aimed to remove homosexuals from Nazi German communities in order to promote heterosexual relations for reproduction and prevent the so-called spread of homosexual influences on German society. Hence, the Nazis carried out a large number of arrests of gay men under paragraph 175 of the German law, which banned sexual relations between men. Fourthly, the Nazis utilized propaganda to indoctrinate all social groups in Germany, a typical characteristic of a totalitarian state. The main types of propaganda included mass media and events. A key form of mass media utilized by the Nazis was the radio. By 1939, 70% of households owned at least one radio, whilst there were community loudspeakers in order to reach those who could not afford radios. This allowed Hitler's key speeches and other forms of pro-Nazi propaganda entertainment to reach the masses of the German people. Additionally, another form of mass media, the press, was utilized by the Nazis, who controlled journalists, editors and publishers through compulsory membership. The Reich Association of German Press was responsible for monitoring journalism and removing anti-Nazi content, which was banned. A key Nazi propaganda event were the annual Nuremberg rallies. These involved disciplined mass movements that created a powerful feeling of belonging, encouraging more Nazi supporters. The rallies were followed by Hitler's charismatic propaganda speeches, often with a particular subject and purpose. These assorted forms of propaganda were able to reach the whole population of Germany throughout all social groups. This meant that Hitler was able to influence the majority of Germans into the Nazi ideology, and therefore ensured loyalty and obedience to the state. Before I continue, if you would like to support me and help this podcast to improve, for example the audio quality, and if you crave more history content outside of the AS A-level curriculum or the IGCSE curriculum, please do become a premium listener and paid subscriber. This could, let's say, help me buy a higher quality microphone and improve your listening experience. Now back to the history podcast. Now let's look at some counter-arguments. Firstly, despite their power, the Nazi regime still received opposition. Helmut Hirsch attempted to assassinate Hitler in 1936 by planting explosives in the Nazi headquarters in Nuremberg, although he was unsuccessful. Attempts on Hitler's life indicate that he was unable to secure his power or support from the entire population. Furthermore, the Nazi regime still faced resistance from youth opposition groups by 1941. The White Rose Group performed acts of underground resistance as they painted anti-Nazi graffiti such as crossed-out swastikas and published and posted anti-Nazi leaflets around cities. The Idlewise Pirates also used underground resistance by refusing to join Hitler youth camps and instead went on their own camps during which they disobeyed Nazi morals by singing about sex, food and freedom. They also attacked Hitler youth patrols. 
Finally, the Swing Kids practiced non-corporation and non-conformity. They liked English and American music and fashion, which went against the Nazi ideology. Moreover, they organized parties where they met up and spoke of sex, listened to jazz, got drunk, and smoked. This insinuates that the Nazis failed to indoctrinate the youth of Germany. Hence, the remaining opposition proved that Hitler did not have complete control over all elements of society like a totalitarian government should, as there was still continued resistance from groups of society who opposed Nazi ideology, despite the Nazis' radical use of terror and use of legislation to repress opposition. Secondly, some historians argue that the Nazis were ineffective at creating a totalitarian state, as the church still had influence over German society and even politics. For instance, a significant number of Christians remained opposed to Nazi policy, despite Nazi policies, repression and propaganda. Some of their opposition was successful, as Christians were able to temporarily stop the Action T4 Euthanasia program, as they voiced opposition against the policy. Moreover, Protestants practiced underground resistance and non-conformity, as they opposed Nazi policies. After the 28 Protestant churches were pressured to agree to combine with the Nazified National Reich Church, Protestants who disliked the changes to the church created the Confessing Church, which rejected the new Nazi Reich Church beliefs and new practices. Finally, the Catholic Church was openly critical of the Nazis, despite Nazi policies and repression. Pope Pius XI was angered when Hitler broke the Reich Concordat and made a famous speech called With Burning Grief, in which he openly criticised the policies and beliefs of the Nazis. Hence, this gives the impression that the Nazi party failed to create a totalitarian state, as Hitler was not able to gain favour of the church or remove religion from Germany as a whole in order to become the ultimate dictator. Moreover, division formed between the church and the state. Religion was important in Germany and the Pope was a highly influential figure. Since the church did not fully support Nazi beliefs and ideologies, this limited the extent of totalitarianism in Nazi Germany. In conclusion, the Nazis had succeeded in creating a totalitarian state in Germany to a large extent by 1941. There was no large-scale revolution or uprising owing to the fact that the majority of the people of Nazi Germany were satisfied with and continued to support the totalitarian regime, and thus did not wish to force the government to transition into one of a liberal nature. The vast change in policy and ideology from the liberal democratic Weimar Republic transitioning into Nazi Germany, a one-party state, asserts the idea that Nazi Germany was a totalitarian state to a large extent. Well, that's it for this episode of my podcast and for my series on Hitler's Germany. I shall begin my series on Stalin's Russia and my series on the Holocaust shortly. Please do subscribe to be notified when the next episode is released. Thank you for listening to this episode of my podcast. Goodbye.